Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Gull. And today, we discuss more ways to connect to your fifth dimensional and multidimensional self using various techniques introduced by author Judith Corvin Blackburn. Now, Judith has an active psychotherapy practice for over 35 years where she uses her experience to develop workshops and books. We get another perspective on what is happening to our 5D reality. So with that, Judith, welcome to Merkava Chakra. Thank you, Vaughn. It's fun to be here. Oh, I, I, I have so much fun with all of my guests and I love your book because it just specifically talks about fifth dimensional frequency and, um, and it talks about the frequency being within your consciousness and not out there. there your awakening is not going to come, you know, and that, that's this concept like, oh, bring it on, bring on the awakening, bring on the ascension, bring on the fifth dimension. And it's always that concept of it being out there. And you actually have it correct that it's within here. And that's what the Buddhists know is that consciousness is within our psyche and it creates the outer world. We're the dream makers. Yes. So, so in short, that's what I love about it. So before we dig into your work, um, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this work in the first, in the first place from psychotherapy? Well, really, um, when I got into psychotherapy, you know, it's always how, how the universe always leads you. Right? Mm -hmm. I started out as a psychology major in college in 1964. And I was at a small women's college. The psychology professor, uh, the head of psychology, there were only three or four teachers at the time in psychology. Mm -hmm. And the head of psychology, um, the school is building a new campus and they offered him an experimental lab. Mm -hmm. And he said, Oh no, these, these girls are just here to get married. And I got so angry when I heard that, that I switched to becoming an English major, <laughs> which was actually a good move because it okay. really, it really connected me with universals mm -hmm. rather than staying in a discipline that that wasn't going to take me where I needed to go. So you know how the universe intervenes with those things. Yeah. So, Let me ask you something really quick about your college experience. 
because um, you have grandkids now too, and you have your children are adult. Is that archaic belief system of women going to college just to find a husband still rampant? I'm sure it is. <laughs> I can't even imagine now. What are, <laughs> I, I got back for the parents paying the money for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, again, this was the early 60s. This hmm. was before the women's, the women's movement really hmm. started taking hold. So it, it was very early on. Mm. The civil rights movement had started, but really, I mean, we weren't even much in, uh, in the Vietnam War, so there wasn't much of an anti-war mo movement. It was right before everything shifted. Mm -hmm. that first that that last paradigm shift, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that we're still doing it, of course. Yeah. If you had told me in 1968, we'd still be working on the same stuff, I would have been shocked. But so it is in third dimension. <laughs> right. Equal wages. Right. That's hilarious. So that led me ultimately into, at first it led me into thinking I was going to write novels when mm -hmm. I got out of school. But then I was led into a social work program. Mm. And shortly after I graduated, I started getting interested in astrology and a lot of things we associate now with sort of spiritual awareness. And then a friend of mine gave me the book, The Autobiography of a Yogi mm. by Yogananda. And that, that totally opened my consciousness. So every morning I'd read a little and I'd do a little yoga and my consciousness really opened. Mm -hmm. um, and so I began to be interested in putting that in my practice. I was also interested in a lot of social issues because this was the 70s by this time. Mm -hmm. And we were, this is what we were interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it took me by surprise to learn after I started doing that in my practice. And really, I consider myself a transpersonal psychotherapist, which means we look at our soul. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we have to clear out a lot of stuff. And I do a lot of work with the emotional body. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's really essential. Um, but I was always interested from sort of the get-go. And then I found out there was a whole discipline of transpersonal <laughs> psychology. I didn't have the wording. Yeah. But you know how that is. Spirit leads you. And then here you are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's very common. I found uh, a lot of people in um, this line of um spiritual higher vibe work is that they start off and maybe kind of like a like a 3d like regular counseling regular psychology regular drug alcohol addiction and so forth and that seems to be how the universe is just giving you like the basics you need the basics <laughs> down okay mm -hmm. and then it levels you up to next higher and higher expressions of your your experience so now you're fast forward from the basics that you got down into what you're doing now. Um, you know, Dr. David R. Hawkins of the Map of Consciousness mm -hmm. found that different cities and countries have varying levels of consciousness or energy. And some are higher, many are much lower. Uh, so from your book, Activating Your 5D Frequency, what are some simple things that people can do right now to be fifth dimensional consciousness in whatever level of consciousness um, the community in which they live in exists at? Well, let me answer that two ways. Okay, with the, the, or the two, I wanna give you two different 
answers to really, there are sort of two questions there. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that if we're awakening and we're living in a lower vibrational place, we may well, it may well be part of our mission Mm. be there and help raise the frequency and and what we know in a way is frequency sort of catching right you walk into a room everybody's like bummed out going and all of a sudden if you're not protecting your fields you pick that up if Mm -hmm. you're about to awaken and you're with you you run into somebody it can be at the grocery store who's high frequency you may just catch that as well and find yourself expanding. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, if people are living in a place that doesn't seem to match their frequency, it, sometimes they're supposed to move, but sometimes they're really uh, there's a mission for them there. Mm-hmm. Um, simple techniques. I mean, I wrote a book. <laughs> I can go on and on. I wrote a lot in that book. So these are like top level questions on the book. So, um, but in fact, in a sense, it's also very simple because the primary uh, characteristics of the fifth dimension are unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And that means not just of everybody else. It means we have to learn to love ourselves unconditionally. <clears throat> Unity consciousness that we're connected to everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it opens up unbridled creativity. Yeah. So... Um, you know, the, what, there are two, two things that come to me that people struggle with to make it more difficult to keep the heart open mm-hmm. and to tune into, you know, the difference between separation consciousness, which is that old paradigm that we're all disconnected, mm-hmm. disconnected from the earth, we're disconnected from the stars. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, um, to understanding we are part of everything and everything is a part of us. Right. So, you know, obviously those deep centering breaths, <laughs> they quiet us down so we can begin to find that inner wisdom because it absolutely is an inside job. It is an inside job. It's a conspiracy against yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have two questions about, about that. Um, you know, one, how can people, the, the concept of unconditional love in, the, in a fifth dimensional awareness is really hard for many people to grasp because it's easy to love somebody who's loving and kind and pretty, but it's not very easy to also love and accept somebody who's harsh and cruel. Yeah. The, the bad guys. So how do you also unconditionally love or at the very least respect your existence with the bad guys? Yeah, well, I think really the way to understand it is to understand that it's inside us too. That what we see mirrored out in the 3D world, we're holographic, we hold everything. Mm. And we can certainly not like behavior. And certainly, you know, feel grief and anger that people act out cruelly to one another. Mm And simultaneously have compassion because people that act that way, they're not happy people. And, you know, when you're feeling expansive and loving, Mm -hmm. you don't want to harm anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so 
Um, so it's a, a level of reaching a level of compassion that says, okay, we're all in this together, whether we like it or not. <laughs> and, um, and we all have a role to play here. I mean, that's the other thing when you get into a higher level of consciousness, mm -hmm. you can sort of see things getting played out. Mm -hmm. I believe that we can release a lot of that struggle and suffering. Yeah. Um, and that as we really activate more and more of that 5D frequency, and actually we're activating uh, DNA strands. That the, I, I'm tired of saying it because I've been interviewing a lot, but, but it still cracks me up that conventional scientists know we have 12 strands of DNA and they say two are active and the other 10 are junk. <laughs> it's like, how can we have 10 strands that are, have no function? It, it just yeah. makes no sense at all. Yeah. And in fact, that's what's been shut down for millenniums that were reawakening and reopening. Mm -hmm. Now the junk DNA is a very interesting um, conversation in science because it's junk until you can find some use to it or until you can, until you can understand it. Yeah. So, um, you know, just like, so, I mean, science even, I think it's recently just found a particle that doesn't behave um, like any of the laws of physics that we know. It does its own thing. There's <laughs> a particle roaming around in space on rogue doing its own thing and it doesn't follow any of the common understandings of gravity and time and space or anything else so explain that right. <laughs> it's an anomalous well, article the important piece though is that it's been identified as important even if it's not understood yet yeah yeah so yeah. and and yeah so I, I i i completely see that now um so that's one way in in which to be unconditionally loving to other people. I, I think another way to be compassionate and unconditionally loving is to also accept they have their own journeys and to yeah. let them walk it. Yeah. They'll walk it. You know, be there as support from a distance. Don't make it the journey harder for them. Yeah. yeah so, there, there, you know, there's some struggles. There's some struggles with the concept of unconditional love, but a higher frequency person understands that everybody has their journeys and they have um, their rewards at the end of that tunnel that they're walking through and they have to walk that tunnel. So hmm. you can always yeah, be there on sidelines really cheering important. them on. Right. Yeah. That, that's really important. That's really um, important. Now, in terms of unity consciousness, now this is something that, you know, for, for you and I, we're very familiar with, but um, unity consciousness is very, again, fifth dimensional and above frequency because it, um, you know, the, the 5D and up is basically when you're in connection with the crystalline consciousness of the Christ light or Christ is mm -hmm. another word for light um, source. So you're like in connection with the divinity within you, the source within you. So, um, so when you at that level of awareness, you see that everything is interconnected and you know that everything's interconnected. And we've already proven this in science that everything is interconnected. So even the aspects of reality and the people in society that you don't really like, you're still mm -hmm. part of. So how can yes. you explain living in these higher energies in unity consciousness much more easily for people? How can there be unity consciousness in a time when it's really hard to, you know, 
see okay. the, the oneness in everybody? Well, I think first of all, we're, we're in the transitional state. If we were in unity consciousness, it would look very different. So those of us who are awakening, from my perspective, we're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Where the old 3D stuff comes, the resistance has come, the shadow comes. Um, and we can't convince anybody of anything. We can yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we can model it, and yeah. and called a field of love, which which is what promotes us. One, it raises our own frequency. Yeah. But again, it models what I found <clears throat> from a, being a therapist and working with some very dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Is darkness can't deal with light. Mm-hmm. If you can beam that light and beam that love, it either has to transform or it leaves. Mm-hmm. And so I guess understanding that the more we can heal and open our hearts, mm-hmm. um, the, the more we're just automatically going to stay in that feeling of interconnection. And it doesn't have to be 100%. Mm -hmm. We just have to, you know, first it's the piece that you were sort of talking about earlier. It's all part of us. Everything we're, we're all part of everything. So if we see something we don't like on the outside, it's also a reflection of a piece of us on the inside. Mm -hmm. And if we're able to be fully loving again, we may not want it acting out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, but we can love it. I, a lot of the imagery I use is that people take those shadow parts and they make them very small and they kind of pat them on the head, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a naughty dog or a naughty child. Right. Like, Mm-mm, I love you and you can't act like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good. Yeah, I, that, that is, those are two concepts of being 5D awareness that, many people struggle with um, that's holding them back from understanding and not necessarily understanding, but like knowing um, that resonance field is they just can't grasp the idea of unconditional love. They don't think it exists. They don't think anybody can be it Mm -hmm. because of all the cruel people and, and, um, and then also unity consciousness. But like, you know, like I, I've watched in terms of consciousness, I've watched, if you do um, past life hyp- hypnosis or meditation, like Buddha, the first Buddha, Siddhartha Buddha, and I always relate a little bit of Buddhism because it's a Buddhism podcast. Uh-huh. Anyway, Siddhartha, he had his 1,000 life reviews in his um, hypnotic meditation. And he saw that he was a bad guy. He saw that he was a good guy. He saw all of it. He saw how people let him be the bad guy and get so bad before they finally stood up and you know had a backbone against him and he was he saw how disappointed he was in other people who let him get so bad you know I mean it it was all just life lessons and so when you see it's all life lessons and it's all part of everybody's journey for their own evolvement or evolution um then you see oh there there is (laughs) there is unconditional love um actually um when you look at it from the the lens of the Jagatha tales and that everybody's playing a role for their their own ev- evolution right uh, but then if you don't like something it's time for you to get a backbone and stand up for what you want and change it sooner than later the lesson can be learned much sooner than later it's yes. been the same lesson 
And that's what um, Siddhartha really taught about the Jakarta tales. And then in terms of um, unity consciousness, you know, when he found that everything is interconnected and he found that he's also connected to, connected to consciousness itself, he saw firsthand how everyone is intertwined and are just playing different aspects of source. And he experienced that himself. So it's really hard concepts to be fifth dimensional awareness unless you experience it yourself. So those are other ways as well in Buddhism. There's a lot of meditations in which you can go into your different life reviews to understand those basic concepts of being 5D awareness. So I hope that helps, you know, add to what you're saying as well. Um, absolutely. It absolutely does. Oh, good. And, so, and that's another way, you know, understanding we've all had many, many lifetimes. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and, and yeah, we've acted out the bad guy stuff. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I mean, both two things that you said that just resonate so strongly is, it, you know, and, and so we're not any different mm -hmm. than anybody else. These are all, as you say, their life lessons, their uh, experiences of separation consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do believe we're moving into a collective evolution, you know, 50 years, 500 years. I can't tell you. No, it hasn't been done before. It, that yes. this at this stage, this stage. absolutely yeah. that's the fun um, of it it's like a surprise party right but i also really love what you said is that there are easy ways to learn the lessons mm -hmm. and there are harder ways to learn the lessons same lesson and, and you know we have um a belief that we've been carrying for millenniums that you have to struggle and wow when, and when you can shift that belief and just, you know, it's sort of the proverbial when the universe taps you on the shoulder and you pay attention, things look really good. If you don't pay attention, you get a shove. If you don't pay attention to the shove, you get smacked <laughs> across the head and it goes on and on. But I also love your story about the Buddha and, and people having a backbone. And I guess the, the term I would use is being empowered to say mm -hmm. no. Yeah. And yeah. that's also what, you know, because I do look at this transition through a, a psychosocial lens. Mm -hmm. okay. What do we need to heal? And how do we need to do that in order to be free to move forward? Um, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I have a question and maybe it'll come after you after this question. Okay. So, um, <laughs> You know, if the consciousness of a particular area is so low for someone, what are your thoughts on moving to an area? Actually, I think you answered it. That's more equal to the person. So what about your thoughts? I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching. Okay. <laughs> we're going so far up into the 5D and above that we're like... <laughs> <laughs> all right all right sorry okay um okay so i might cut that part out i might just leave it because it's just so hilarious you know <laughs> okay okay so this is interesting this is interesting discussion in some spiritual circles it actually falls into what we're talking about that there's this dark cabal that controls everything and people need to expose it which it can be a life lesson too i can respect that <laughs> the the other side of this discussion 
is to spend your time and energy on building your life and adding your piece of a higher, more vibrant 5D society. So what are your thoughts on this dual nature on how we clean up unsightly 3D issues in society? Well, you know, from a multidimensional perspective, and this is one in the theory that I use, Mm -hmm. when you get into sixth dimensional consciousness, and I really think we're moving into being 5D, 6D humans from being 3D, 4D humans. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a long discussion. Let's go right to the five and then we'll go to the six and it will shoot on up. <laughs> the sixth dimension is really where we co-create from. Mm. And it's, it's really like the quantum field. But what we know about thought creating is what you focus on manifests. Mm-hmm. And again, I could explain that in terms of the sixth, how the sixth dimension works. Oh, please, please, for those who are ready for that. Okay, let me see if I can do that. In the sixth dimension, and and it was what Plato called the world of forms, Mm -hmm. which I find fascinating because he got it. (laughs) And he's supposed to be sort of the father of Western philosophy, and it's totally been lost for the last 2,000 (laughs) years, what he was talking about. But but, um, uh, for six, the sixth dimension holds like all of the perfected energetic blueprints Mm -hmm. of who we are and any, any thoughts or qualities also get projected. We can project that from 3d into 6d. Mm -hmm. And if enough of us are focused on it, it will manifest in back in 3d. Mm -hmm. An example, if, 55% of people believe that war is inevitable. We will put that belief into the sixth dimension and it will show up. Mm. Conversely, if an equally or larger number of people believe peace is possible and start putting in uh, what that looks like and feels like, that will manifest. So when you talk about a dark cabal, which first of all, everything is us. So it's, yeah, if something like that's operating on the external and sure, it may well be, but so what is the yeah. way I come to it? Stop it, stop feeding it. Yeah. Well, that we want to, we want to feed what we want to create, not get into, we have to expose and do this and that. To me, it, it, it's just not aligned, at least with my, my views, I guess is the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everybody has their journey. And, and I do think it's an important, it's a fascinating thing to see sort of the split in the spiritual community and going, Wow, I never would have predicted it. Really? Like, what do you see in like in the in the, the split in the spiritual community? Because well, I see it being more polarizing, and and I never would have thought that either. I thought it was just you know, everybody's yeah, spiritual well, to higher dimensions, but everybody has a different opinion on where they want to focus their time and energy right. on, and um, and you know, like. There, there's that concept of okay, we'll just focus on creating your peace and your aspect and play that game. And the other one kind of dies out because there's not a lot of people playing that game. So that's not a focus. Yeah. I or, think 
<laughs> or there's people who spend all the time and energy trying to play the lower game of trying to expose and you know all these other things um and put so much energy on it and i and so that's what i see going on in terms of where people focus their attention right so you're saying the same thing and so which one do you i mean is there a balance how can we balance this how can we reunify Boy, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I think mm. perhaps we'll come to it. I, I know I certainly struggle with it. And, um, you know, because when you go into unity consciousness, you have to stop us and them. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you got to stop separating. The polarization <laughs> stops at 5D. It's not. And perhaps that's part of our lesson, which is to be able to say, okay, well, we're all part of this. Yeah. And you may want to do it this way. And I may feel it's going to be more effective this way. And maybe we'll know later on. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. See, because that, I mean, that, that, that brings to the earlier discussion about, you know, the two aspects of being 5D consciousness and, um, and higher frequency individual is to see unconditional love and unity consciousness. And then you have these two polarizing aspects of spiritual people who are not wanting to see the oneness in each other and seeing um, the unconditional love in each other's pathways. So, um, yeah, I don't really have the answer for that one, but I find that very fascinating that that's happening that way. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's the way I, I, it is fascinating. I always come back to how you started off though, Vaughn, which is it's an inside job. Mm. Stop watching all that crap. <laughs> this would be my, my, because we, you know, this could be some very sophisticated disinformation too. Mm. And that, that um, as an example, if I feel there's a dark cabal running everything and I get into the idea that it's my, I have to expose it and I'm being told what I'm exposing, how do I know that's not being run by the dark cabal? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good point too. <laughs> That's a good point too. I have see, I I I go through the, I go through different um, forums, and I take a look at different forums and um, in different modalities. And even with the conversation of vaccination, for example, you have the spiritual community having two different viewpoints about the purpose of vaccination and the benefits of vaccinations. Um, and so, um, and there's, there's that dichotomy, there's that, that split within the community, higher vibe community, having a black and white conversation about vaccinations. And does one, be, is one more spiritual, is one less spiritual, or are they both just different, you know, I mean, what is, what, so, and, and then when you read the chains, there's a lot of fear in a lot of the comments, and it's surprising to see um, which, you know, what are the comments and what are the fear that is hidden behind the fear? You know, what is the purpose behind the fear? Right. Um, that, that's what I think is key. Because while we have to face our shadow, and that's really important as part of the mm -hmm. inside job, um, we're not going to shift things into 
a higher frequency through fear, um, it's just not going to happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, I mean, it's sort of a physical law. It can't happen that way. Yeah, it, it goes back to the inside job. It goes back to your inner consciousness. If your inner consciousness has fear of something external being negative, then you're going to create that negative experience because that's what you're expecting to happen. Is that, the, is that the way to see it? Well, that's that's certainly the way I do. That's the way you do? Mm. Yeah. I don't really have the answer to it, but I, I, I noticed this as well. And as more and more challenging things come up, um in the near future it's it, again is this going to be more kind of polarizing so i i wonder how do we mm. be fused i think the only the i mean this yeah. is going to be tight but i think it's really the only way compassion not to get mm -hmm. stuck in the details yeah yeah. But, yeah but to do our best just to keep that that uh frequency of compassion we're all bumbling through in the yeah <laughs> yeah it hasn't been written yet we haven't written our near future yet and we're always yeah. choosing different timelines yeah I, I, I would say that as well if you don't know what to do just bench yourself and just give compassion out to people <laughs> really you can't lose that way right <laughs> And, and it feels good i mean when we're yeah. open-hearted we feel good and expansive and um yeah, that's true. There's always a, there's a third option. You don't have to participate in the 3D games. Yes. That's an option too. Yeah, I remember when, when the Black Lives Matter protest um, was ramp, rampant last year um, in 2020. And, um, you know, some, some people that I spoke to were like, Vaughn, you should be part of this. I'm like, I'm, I send you guys love and support and I totally agree with you. Uh, and, you know, however, um, I kind of don't want to, be really, really active in it like you guys are. That's that's your calling. Um, and I respect that and I send you a lot of love and I totally I'm with you on that. Um, and even with other things that have come through as well, other challenging 3D issues that come up to be transmuted or changed somehow. Um, I su I support it, good job, but I'm not really heavily pulled to be a part of it. And even in politics, you know, a lot of the in the United States, there's a lot of polarization between um, one, you know, Democrats versus the Republican and whatever. And and again, I not really pulled one or the other. I just I just continue to bench myself on a lot of things um, because I'm just not interested in the 3D game. It's picking yeah. a side. It, and yeah, that I think we're all beginning to learn this. You know, is this a lesson is this polarizing is these polarizing arguments and whatever the topic is is it a lesson to go above that and and be 5d is that the lesson is that I, why they keep coming up like well, this i think it's you know i don't claim to have all the answers here but i think it's kind of a both and hmm. i mean it's important to stand up for what's right you don't have to get out there and demonstrate. As you say, some people are activists and they're doing something. If it's done from love, it will help shift things. Mm -hmm. If it's done from fear or anger, 
it'll just perpetuate. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we have no control over that. Everybody who ever participates, that's their deal. What, yeah. Where they're coming from. And, and that's not to say that people don't have a right to their anger, but that needs to not be at a motivator for collective shift. Right. It's right. a motivator. And Hawkins talks about it. It's a motivator from my perspective to heal the third chakra, mm-hmm. which is, you don't have a right to violate me. I don't have a right to violate you. Right. We're all one. So if you're violating, it hurts us all. If I'm, you know, same deal. Right, right. Um, the, um, it, again, the, the multidimensional theory that I like and really connect with and have written about is something that I found through Barbara Hanclow, mm-hmm. who pulled this in from the Pleiadians. And, um, but I think that Plato was into it and ancient Egypt. And Mm -hmm. I think it ultimately came through Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, I love it. There's many theories. All lenses are important. You know, not Mm -hmm. this is the only theory. Um, But in this theory, the fourth dimension is where all of the play out happens. Mm -hmm. All the Mm -hmm. archetypes, all the drama, and part of moving into that fifth dimensional frequency is know how, knowing how to navigate through the drama and not get stuck in it. Yeah, that's a lot. That, that is so true because I, I know when I consult with my clients and I do this for myself, I'm like, oh, there's just too much mama drama here. <laughs> there's too much mama drama. There's too much 3D headache. There's too much arguing and not enough <laughs> solutions. I'm over this one. <laughs> and then I'll go to the next I'll go to the next next door please <laughs> price is right <laughs> so, and yeah. I do think because one of my passions <clears throat> is is really helping to co-create part mm. a new earth right and the higher stuff mm-hmm. if we're going to do that I mean, we have to look at social institutions and go, "Mm, well, that doesn't work. (laughs) And maybe that works a little, but let's create new things. Mm -hmm. Let's come up with how to envision a loving, harmonious, fair world where everyone Mm -hmm. is honored, where all children are cared for you know I could go on and on with that but it's it's the opposite of all this dystopian stuff that's out there yeah let's start to create this positive imagery not to bypass the shadow Mm -hmm. but again not to get stuck in it and not to believe we can't create a just loving world right right so would your recommendation be, uh, like we talked earlier, just kind of start with you and then start with your little, you know, little community and the, the little things that you do, and that ends up growing and growing. And if everybody did that, uh, it becomes a big growing change in the paradigm and then becomes easier to change mass scale um, systems because it's already everywhere. Everybody's yeah. already doing it. It's a no brainer. Let's switch this over. You don't have to sell the package. It's yes. already been done and implemented and it's already grown right before our eyes. Yes, I love that. All no, right, see, so focus your energy and your attention into the things that you want to create and not on the things that you don't like. And it is happening all over. I had an interesting awareness 
Mm -hmm. Oh, probably 20-some years ago, <clears throat> I'd be running these spiritual groups and I'd have everybody focus on their heart and send love to each other, send love to the world, you know, their communities in the world. And I would say, and this is being done in circles all over the world. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden I started meeting all these teachers that were doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Just all pulling down you know, from that collective awareness, um, we're all getting downloaded if we're open to it. And if it's yeah. part of our mission. So yeah, your little community, our little circle is all over in many little circles. And then as you say, it sort of hits that tipping point. And yeah. There it is. And there it is. It's like when everybody's looking at solutions, it's like, well, this has already been done it, and it and it's doing wonderful whether you adopt it or not. And it's like, well, that's a no-brainer. That's low-hanging fruit for us. Humanity, <laughs> humanity's kind of, I think humanity's kind of lazy and like we like the low-hanging fruit. So if everybody builds onto their fruit tree and grow that, it's going to eventually be low-hanging fruit in everything, in all the systems, in the school system, in the education system, medical system. It's, there's all these low-hanging fruit that there's nothing to sell. Yes. All that's needed is we clear out the old beliefs. Yeah. In the way of it. Yeah, just, just okay. work on the new. I love that. I love that. Okay, so as people further into their spiritual pursuits to anchor in higher and higher levels of consciousness, their personal reality will change. So um, some people, you know, there's, there's terms for this like Mandela effects, reality shifts, you know, traveling between parallel realities on the multiverse. Um, you know, my interpretation of this experience comes from my background of Buddhism in that you are fifth dimensional oneness with source in all things and you experience reality in semi non-linear and non-local consciousness where you're jumping between realities that don't seem linear. Mm. Um, you know, fifth dimension, you just kind of go wherever uh, the easiest path is. And this is what you term co-dimensionality. Can you explain co-dimensionality? Well, we are, <clears throat> first of all, first of all, let me start with this. Okay, we're multi-dimensional and we have the capability of holding several dimensions at one time. Mm. We've lost that capability for the most part. You know, you have your enlightened masters as an example that don't. And mm -hmm. A lot of indigenous cultures still have people that that are uh, haven't been um, have not gone through the dimensional descent. Right, right. But the vast majority of humanity has, and for many, many thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can't. I just lost it again. <laughs> Okay, so okay. what you were asking, and then I'll, oh, the mandala yeah. effect. Oh, the yeah, co-dimensionality, co-dimensionality, okay. yeah, explain so that for people. While we are beginning to reascend, okay, to be able to hold that fifth dimensional frequency, we're human, mm -hmm. and we're not going to do it perfectly, yeah. and, so, and uh, our egos are going to come up because we're not at that stage of enlightenment. Mm, gotta work with our egos yeah up. our belief system that says no this is impossible is going to come up our wounds and trauma are going to come up it's all going to come up 
-hmm. and it will one, you know, one day you can be ah, shining your light, your heart is burst open. And another day you can go, (laughs) what? (laughs) And it can change hour to hour now. What we know. I get for grandma cuss. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can believe me if you want, but, but really, that's okay. Um, but, but what we know is that, you know, as we are committed to, mm. to stepping into that higher frequency more and more, is that we have tools when we find mm. ourselves in that lower frequency. Right. Meditation yoga, deep breathing, inner child work. I mean, there's just a a plethora of tools. Mm -hmm. Going out and hugging a tree, (laughs) feeling the energy of a tree, whatever helps us raise that frequency. So, So that's what's going on on an individual level. Collectively, we're also... I call it sort of a dimensional split Mm -hmm. where, you know, I can be in my beautiful mountain place and my heart's open and I'm all expansive. And then I go into town and I go into the grocery store. And if I'm not holding that somewhat consciously, Mm -hmm. maybe people are all upset about something and I start getting dragged down. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to I'm going to be shining, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to shine on everybody. But yeah. there are other people that are just like, you know, and so those energies occur in a parallel way. Yeah, uh, and we have to learn to navigate it, and yeah. also to um, be loving about it. Yeah, yeah. There's something in Buddhism that actually talks about that. Um, you know, so all of the um, Many of the Buddhist artwork has the master teacher in their Merkaba or in their mandala, the halos, the two halos around the head and the body. And they're always kind of traveling in their bubble between different dimensions, multiverses, reality. There's different dimensions in the Buddhist heaven and cosmology. And the, the, the art interpretation of that is that you need to learn to be higher frequency and navigate the multiverse and um, not be pulled into the reality in which you exist in per se maybe because you're going to be shifting all the time within the cosmos so leave one reality a little better than before you entered it so leave it leave something good before you go into the next reality and do that in every moment every moment that you exist you may be in a different aspect of the multiverse so do something positive leave something good be yourself, which is that positive vibration um, that that reality was blessed with your beingness in. So, you know, in Buddhist mandala artworks, you always see um, like Kuan Yin and Tara and all these beautiful Mm -hmm. female teachers and male teachers in their mandalas going from one multiverse to another multiverse. And even they even have pictures of the multiverse that they exist in, which is low frequency. Everybody's killing each other. Everybody's destroying each other. And you have this teacher in a mandala just going, oh, okay, trying to do something nice and just be like, okay, here you go. Here's some water. And then they'll 
move on to the next multiverse. So in whatever reality you experience, everybody's going through their journey in that, in that aspect of reality. And um, you being a conscious um, traveler of the multiverse, um, you know, when you see yourself in that aspect of how source sees you, then you have a different experience for how you can experience the multiverse. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And we, we talk about all the time in art history. So, well, that's beautiful. And, you know, I was given a, an awareness at one point to walk through town, to walk through source, whatever, and just beam love mm-hmm. and my third eye, which is kind of parallel, I think, to what you're saying. Is that, yeah. And at the same time, we are human. And so unless you've hit that level of enlightenment where you can hold that frequency 100%, and, and I feel like my particular mission is, is not to deal that with that, but to help people understand that as humans, we're going to go back and forth some. Right. And what do you do when we're in that lower? Yeah. What do you do when you're in a lower reality? Right. When you find yourself in a lower, denser reality or location that is a lower reality. Um, yeah, and uh, a lot of the Buddhist artwork, mandala artworks, um, the teachers or the the Buddhas are, you know, the traveling to higher ones and lower ones and side and left, and so, uh, you know, it, you know, they're they're all over the place. So um, there is definitely a lesson there. You know, you have a course in August, um, the Global Shamanic Multidimensional Mystery School. What can people expect if they sign up for that course? Well, this is um, this is a very um, what health, heartfelt, exciting creation. I had gone through um, a mystery school. Actually, my next door neighbor is a Star Wolf, who I know you've interviewed. Oh yeah, I love her. Star Wolf <laughs> had run a mystery school, and I don't go to a lot of things because mostly it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, well, that'll be fine. And it sounded so good. And I didn't know why I was there. But within the first 20 minutes, I realized I was there to kind of learn because mm-hmm. I was supposed to teach a multidimensional mystery school. Mm-hmm. So after, and she did it in four segments. So after the first segment, I, I'm like, just knew I had to do this. And I had right. actually stopped teaching multidimensionality. I had at one point thought, oh, we have so many systems. Do we need another system? It's all one. <laughs> but then, then it came back that, no, I was supposed to be doing it. So I called my friend, Carly Mattimore, um, and said, do you want to do this with me? <laughs> and um, she said, sure. And Carly um, brings in the shamanic piece. She mm. has gone to South Africa with the white lions. She's gone to, um, she's been with the gorillas. She's been with the whales. She has tuned in uh, really on the, on the earth level to mm-hmm. how everything is interconnected and also higher dimensional. There's like the white lions and whales. I mean, they're mm-hmm. six dimensional beings. But mm-hmm. anyway, she brings that to it. I bring my piece to it. And we, uh, like Star Wolf, we've done it over, it's a four-section experience, four-segment. Right. So it's about 18 months to two years. It, and we, we limit the size of the group. Maximum is 13 participants. Right. And 
a magic happens. <laughs> it's like, first of all, the groups are always magic because you don't mm. put something like that out without getting all sorts of synchronicities that lead people to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the first two we did in Springfield, Illinois, where I had a practice for many, many years and where Carly is now. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of students that we knew. And so we were able to do our circles that way. The third circle was after COVID hit. We knew we were going to do it on Zoom. We said, let's go global. And we got students from like five or six different countries. Yeah. And you probably got more too, once you open it up to the whole world. Right. And, and people would yeah. find us in just amazing, mm-hmm. amazing ways. And so it was clearly, from my perspective, a divine appointment. We yeah. had all on some level agreed to be there. Yeah. And it is, again, very much helping people go inside and find their own wisdom and share from that level of wisdom. So we take them through a lot of different processes. Oh, I like that. That sounds like a great course. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a really great course. And I am hearing this a lot from the people that interview on this podcast, because this podcast goes on YouTube, obviously, and it goes to 45 different other um, podcast directories and they're not all in the states many of them are in other countries around the world and as other countries around the world uh, open up different podcast directory directories um, I get added to their distribution list as well so anyways this is being heard and people are learning about all these different modalities and all these diff- wonderful material like what you offer in these courses all over the world and so um, and so it's it's you know, when we open ourselves, if you're not getting the market in your local area, it's okay because there's still 8 billion people all over the world. <laughs> right. I'm sure a couple of thousand of them want your webinar or want your course or want to, you know, learn your stuff. So that's a very wow. small percentage out of 8 billion people. You're doing fine. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. of course, because everything's energy and because we're energy, we match, right? We draw, we right. magnetize the students who are going to gain from us mm. because there are wonderful things out there, huge yeah. numbers of things. But there, and and I think there's so many different things because different souls are going to be drawn to different energies and different experiences. Right, right. right. You know, you also have a course coming up, another one coming up as well called "Connecting to Star Consciousness with Earth Consciousness." And I can really see this one, like all the Toku children or the star seeds that, mm. or the the um, the Earth souls um, who's really connected to um, Gaia, really attracted to this one. So, what can you know people look forward if they sign up for that one? Okay, I'm actually almost done. It's a ten week course, mm. and I'm ju- we've just completed the eighth session. And then I'm going to run it again in November. Uh-huh. People, I have people from five or six different countries. And um, uh, in do, different you, do you record them as well? Yeah, do you pre-record do. them? So if people can't attend it, they can buy yeah. the archive library? And, well, and if you sign up for the course, and you get the recordings for free. Okay. So I haven't gotten to the idea, am I going to market it just as recordings yet? We'll see. But amazingly to me, people really want to show up rather mm-hmm. than just listen to the, to the recording. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect um, when, I, when I offered it, but it's really on the book. 
Okay, it goes through the book. And of course, I offer different things than it that are, are in the book. And again, I do a lot of experiential. Mm-hmm. So a lot of deep meditations that take people into their own awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when there's time I have, and I have a fairly big class, I have 20 people. And so, you know, I was hoping to do it in an hour. I, I've expanded to an hour and a half. Not everybody gets to share, mm-hmm. but when they do, it helps. I mean, it's that coming together and connecting with that inner divinity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then come out in whatever imagery it comes for you. It's mm-hmm. hugely helpful for everybody. And um, so what people can expect, they would go through the book. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at the chapters and see the topics. But the experience goes beyond that because it's very experiential. So you get to live it. Oh. The first, um, the first two thirds sort of really up until class eight sort of divides things up. <clears throat> We're looking a lot at what stands in our way, how to clear what stands in our way. Mm-hmm. Because being fifth dimensional is natural. It is. It is. It, 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 all we all are the higher dimensions, but the only thing that's keeping us to lower dimensional um, awareness is the roadblocks and the abundance blocks that the belief systems that hold and hold us down. So when you take away all of the um, traumas or the negative belief systems, uh, the negativity, then all there is is what is already there. Right. So... Yeah. So that, that's what we do. We go through a lot of the personal resistance just to clear it. Mm. And then the very last part is to start these visions. Mm. What kind of planet do we want to live on? Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So that you're kind of like helping them build their template for yeah. what they want to walk into and, you know, be. And I love the term. Not everybody likes this term, but to me, being part of the fifth dimensional global team mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we all have our little roles. And so when we step into that little role and it may be a public role, it may be a very, you know, gross some really beautiful things in your garden role. I mean, it, it, it's all the, all, all roles are equal. Right. If they're, if they're directed from our soul. Right. And so when I get these groups together, we, we sort of each add our particular mm. piece to the, the whole, if you will. And yeah. so send that out into the world. Yeah. Well, that might address the earlier, I mean, the 5D global team might address the earlier conversation we had about the, um, it's seemingly polar split in the spiritual community of people going more into building the 5d and people trying to clean up the 3d mess before getting to the 5d that maybe it has to do with their pre-life um plan and the role they play in this transition because uh maybe some people are it is part of their pre-life plan to clean up the 3d stuff and others it's part of theirs to build the five so and they happen at the same time so it can be kind of confusing if they happen at the same time but you know, just kind of like when you look at water that's dirty and, and you start trying to find the sediments as it's setting in and the, the things are clearing up, it's a little bit kind of confusing, but eventually 
it all gets cleared mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful spring water that comes out. And maybe that's what's happening with us. That's it's- very interesting. And it, as long as it comes from love mm-hmm. versus the, the fear, because I think that, um, or, or some sort of ego uh, mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, like with everything, every every piece is how to say we're all going to have different motivations we're all going right. to have places that we pull in but I, I love your imagery that and I do believe that it 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 makes sense that it's a pre-birth contract and that mm. um even if it doesn't get you know if we're trying to get to see and it doesn't get you to see just its existence in and of itself helps us get to see yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll find out how the, the the greater bigger picture is when we get reincorporated at the very end of, <laughs> of our life journey we'll see like oh yeah okay, really, i see where that little piece fit in there now and now i understand it so yeah. you know allow some element of surprise um, <laughs> <laughs> yes yes okay so what is the role of the sacred feminine in earth's movement further into the higher dimensions of reality i mean is diverseness of vibrancy something that happens well those are those are i sort of see those in two different two different things yeah one but to speak of it in kind of a linear way um the sacred feminine the divine Mm -hmm. feminine which has been the patriarchy has shut out is coming back we're reconnecting and of course that's for it doesn't matter what your gender is Mm -hmm. These are energies within you, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. When Mm -hmm. the sacred feminine was essentially thrown out of the collective, the sacred masculine also couldn't function well. Mm -hmm. Because his yang, the yin and the yang. If you just have yang, you you only have half the story and you move into separation. Right? Yeah, you get for the descent. (laughs) Exactly. So. So now, you know, we're coming in again to that opportunity for wholeness where the sacred feminine comes in knowing everything's interconnected. Mm -hmm. She just, that's just a natural awareness for her. Mm -hmm. And the sacred masculine then can help create structures and um, uh, protection Mm -hmm. to hold that interconnectedness in a way that works for us on the Mm -hmm. planet. Mm. Um, so, so really 5D incorporates that sacred feminine, uh, reincorporates. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Anadia Judith, but she wrote a lot of very cool things on the chakra system. Mm. And one of the things she said, which I thought was so brilliant is that with patriarchy, when they, when we threw the goddess out, and, you know, I know different traditions have different goddesses in Christianity as Mother Mary, but it, it got thrown out internally in some ways. Right, right. That, that we were all children of divine divorce. <laughs> right? <laughs> divine divorce. Oh, a lot so, of people in the United States can, re- can resonate with that one because a lot of people are children of divorce, so. 
Right. Yeah. So, you know, can you be loyal to your father and still be loyal to your mother? Are you going to always feel guilt? All that stuff. It really works kind of well, <laughs> metaphorically. But anyway, now we can pull in, we can remarry. Okay. We can remarry and rebalance. I mean, this is what ancient cultures knew how important it was to have the balance. Right. When you balance that yin yang, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, then you you get above the mama drama, as you were saying, <laughs> and you and you step into higher dimensional frequency. Well, again, we come back to the higher dimensional frequency is rising above the um, dual nature of picking some kind of polar opposite of right. seeing that they fit in within a greater picture and then working from a higher level without bypassing you know i have to add this especially as a therapist mm -hmm. you know the concept of spiritual bypass where you just go above but you don't deal with the internal pieces that you the right. internal resistances the emotions the emotional body gets all cluttered and dense mm -hmm. So we have to learn too to work through those emotional, um, usually emotional wounds, because yeah. rarely are people brought up where they can just process easily emotions. You know, mm. into an adulthood, and then you go, "Oh, <laughs> I have where's all my coping stuff. skills? Where's <laughs> my coping skills? Right? Or what do I do? This triggered me, and it was little, but all this stuff came up. So yeah. that." stuff also needs to be dealt with and what um, how can people deal with this stuff that gets triggered of you know when unresolved repressed old trauma or old conditioning behavior patterns that they don't know that they have picked up how can they address these when these triggers pull them up well you know of course as a therapist the easiest way is to find a good therapist or a good guide <laughs> Okay, somebody that can guide you through. I'm a big fan of inner child work mm. because I think it allows us to stay in our adult, have compassion. You know, if we had abusive parents, we can hold them from our adult mm -hmm. in compassion while we help those inner children be angry and outraged and now safe. Right. So, so just that's just a little thumbnail. Right. Right. You know, the, the, the thing that I found, especially as we're becoming more global, there's a lot of um, that, like, like you say, spiritual um, divorce, there's a lot if there's a lot of people that come from war torn areas or poverty stricken areas, which is another way of, of trauma, um, you know, so we're not in a world right now yet where war is illegal. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, I mean, nice if you go if you start a war that is like an illegal behavior for dealing with your issues and then they put the country in tribunal <laughs> and and we all look at the war within ourselves yeah stop having these external wars but what you're saying is really important Vaughn because practically if not everybody on the planet has been through some sort of trauma yeah, whether it's in their lives and personal or even societal traumas with economic um, depression, poverty, um, you know, in their in their country, extreme poverty, or even like um, war, which a lot of countries, because of asylums and taking in asylums, are 
helping, but there is a lot of that um, that trauma that is kind of being spread all over the world. So as a world, how do we get over this? Well, but I will say uh, modalities have developed that can really help people process trauma, but we have mm. to make it available to everybody. There's uh, something called EMDR, which is rapid eye movement, which really helps her yeah, yeah. see the tapping. Um, SE, and there are new modalities coming in every day yeah. to help with that. So one, recognizing, well, people really do get post-traumatic stress. This yeah. is a real thing. And practically everybody on the planet has some, has it to some degree or another. So oh, yeah. we're getting COVID PTSD. <laughs> There's all of it, you know? So how do you process it through? And it yeah. can be processed through, but it needs yeah. to not be denied. I really yeah. think sort of the mess globally is that we are, we've been traumatized from, for thousands of years mm-hmm. and we have to move through this trauma so we can get into those authentically into those higher dimensions. So we need a collective healing. Yes. But I do I want to talk if I have a minute about the subversity Yes, um, please. Mm-hmm. Persiveness of vibrancy. Because that came to me when I was writing the book and I just love it. I'm like, oh, think about this. The more vibrant we are, mm. the more we shift that old paradigm. Mm. This is, you know, the, the, the positive side of subversiveness, which is no, I'm not feeding into a dysfunctional system that does harm. I'm going to take this vibrancy and it's kind of what you were talking about with the mandalas and the mandala effect. I'm going to take this vibrancy and I'm going to admit it. I'm going to feel it because I'm going to do my work and mm-hmm. do the inside stuff. And, and I'm going to be admitting it all over everywhere I go, but also energy travels everywhere. Yeah. So when yep. it comes out of me, it comes, it touches everybody. And the more of us that step into that vibrancy, that and also that comes from inner empowerment mm-hmm. of trusting, wait a minute, I have no control over the outer, but when I can hold a frequency of love and know one that I have a right to say no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a right to a, a, a vibrant, um, flowing life. And I'm resourceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can trust that I'm going to be guided. It's coming through me. Right. That's it. Right. What yeah. And, and I think we've seen this with COVID. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people have suffered. A lot of people have lost others, but a lot of people have stepped into a whole new awareness. Yeah. And they're driving. They're having and a great time. And they said that the, this last year, has been the easiest year in manifesting anything. It just, it's almost effortless. These higher vibe people, that's what they, I hear consistently. All the higher vibe people going, oh my God, my new challenge is to try to balance it all. Right. (laughs) And and, um, so there it is. It's, and I think that's a good um, example of this dimensional split. When we're think? operating mostly off of that higher frequency, yeah, it all opens up. Yeah, we're already there. Some people are already there with Earth and her higher energy, and so they're just going. They're just using the tool, and 
leaving everybody in the dust. <laughs> so yes. Everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody has right. the same, same chance. And collectively, some things have gone on, like people working at home. So you don't have that long commute that takes you away from your yeah. family. Things that I think will continue to stay in the culture mm-hmm. after COVID's over. Yeah. That yeah. really are increasing our quality of life. I mean, I think it's happening. It really is. Yeah, I I, I, I completely agree. I completely see that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Did you have a meditation that you want to leave people with or a message that you want to leave people with? As we kind of venture into this higher vibe reality that we are all living in. Uh, Let me, let me go in for a minute and see what wants to come through. I feel like we might not have the time for meditation. I don't know. Does that feel right? So let, let me see what comes through. Ah, okay. Trust your heart. There it is. That it doesn't come from here. It comes from what you can feel mm. when you can feel that loving expansiveness and receive it. There you go, people. It's so simple. The higher dimensional awareness of 5D and above it's so easy for the lazy spiritual person like myself and it's where to be <laughs> i don't like to do a lot of work it's to be easy it's supposed it to be easy that's what we have to clear all those beliefs of struggle yeah that's all yeah that's that's, that's exactly it that's exactly it. well <laughs> judith thank you for adding more insight and tools to help people interested in harnessing a fifth dimensional consciousness right now so for more information about Judith's courses and book offerings, please visit her website, which is empoweringthespirit.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.